What's up, y'all? We are back with another Thursday episode of the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some NFL football, including our picks this weekend for Love It or Fade It. Also going to be getting into a little golf talk with the Masters this weekend and some big trade rumors in the NBA. Episode 22 coming at you right now. What's up, y'all, and thank you for tuning in once again. I'm Landon Pangburn here with my brother and co-host Preston Pangburn. We are back with our Thursday episode this week, second episode of the week. Feels like it's supposed to. P, how you doing over there, man? I'm great, man. Uh, Today is Wednesday, November 11th, which is Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. And then, Lando, I've got to mention, I saw your Instagram post. It is also National Singles Day. It is. Happy Singles Day to you, bro. It's lit, bro. Yeah. Did you know about that before today? I had never heard of that. So 11-11, all ones. It's apparently a thing in China. It is the biggest online sales day in the world every year because all of these single people in China just buy themselves gifts. So I'm starting a revolution, bringing it to America. Really? Okay, that's interesting. I was wondering what the significance of the date was, but all ones, that that checks out. Well, it makes sense. What'd you buy yourself? Uh, nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you've still got my, five hours. Yeah, my revolution is just at the very beginning. I'm still working on it, so we'll see. Okay, yeah, you, you've got to uh, kick it off by doing it for yourself, and then, you know, maybe it'll be appealing to the masses. Yeah, well, speaking of holidays, I actually had a question for you that I was thinking about because this is kind of part of my work day, so just curious. What day, in your opinion, are you allowed to start listening to Christmas music? So it's the same day that I apply to when you're allowed to put up Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are the day after Thanksgiving. I am December 1st. Okay. That's actually how I am. Okay. I'm a December 1st guy, but I've already been listening to Christmas music because my boss demands it. It's awesome. So we'll, we get to work. Like I get to work an hour before him and he shows up. And if there's not Christmas music playing the day after Halloween, so November 1st, then he asks where the Christmas music is. We have to listen to it every day. It's, it's like it's required interesting i mean i can't listen to like traditional christmas music too early or for too long but like if i'm just shuffling music on my iphone and a christmas song comes on in like june i might just listen to it if it's one of my favorites like i can listen to christmas love by bieber or go tell it on the mountain by need to breathe right or christmas indicator by jacques like those are the kind of songs <laughs> that i will listen to somewhat year round if they come on we have a company christmas song that we discovered a couple of years ago on pandora i think i showed it to you before do you remember it no turn up you married gentleman oh yes, yes. <laughs> that, that song is actually sick it is absolutely lit if y'all have not heard turn up you married gentleman by i think it's like john and gents or something like that you'll you'll find it on on spotify or apple or wherever you find your music go check it out it is fire 
Yeah, it's got a pretty hilarious beat drop for a Christmas song. (laughs) That's a good one. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. Well, moving on from the Christmas stuff, something I wanted to recap from last episode is we had mentioned the passing of the legend Alex Trebek, longtime Jeopardy host, and we kind of recalled one of the episodes where there was a sports category and... The three contestants just kind of stared at Trebek with just, you know, blank looks on their faces for all five questions and just had no clue as to what the answer was to any of them. And he deservedly roasted them. He did. It kind of became a joke. At the end, he was like, okay, we'll move on to the thousand dollar question just for fun. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But anyway, we were were trashing them for how easy the questions were. So I dug them up. I'm going to hit you with some trivia here. Oh, gosh, that's pressure. If I if I just trash those people and then I can't get them all right, that's embarrassing. Okay. I'm ready. It is. I'm, I'm hoping you'll be embarrassed and not get one of them, but I'm pretty sure you're going to go five for five here. Okay. So Hit let's me. do it. The $200 question. Your choice. Do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. What is the option? That's correct. And I'm, I'm upset that you didn't just say the option because I was going to get you on the what yeah, is. I'm but ready. Dude, I've been watching Jeopardy every day for like 20 years. I yeah, am ready. That's true. You're one of the biggest Jeopardy fans I know. Yep. Okay. The $400 question. Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. If I didn't get this right, dad would bury me. So what is the Dallas Cowboys or who are the Dallas Cowboys? That is correct. Yeah, that I, I actually feel like that's the one that could stump people because I don't know if I would know who that was if I wasn't a Cowboys fan. I mean, he's he's kind of a figurehead in Cowboys Nation, but a lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah, especially because it's before our time. Yeah, exactly. I think he was the coach in the 70s, won some Super Bowls with Roger Staubach. But anyway, moving on to the $600 question. By signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. What is a fair catch? That is correct. All right. Question number four. Feeling good about this. Yes, you should be. For $800, these penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and the defense that cancel each other out. It's literally just asking the definition of the word. Okay. What are offsetting penalties? That's correct. And now that you're four for four, it's kind of funny. Like these are not hard (laughs) by any means. And and when you are a Jeopardy contestant and generally just like a good one, they were all pretty good good contestants i feel like just to have no clue and not even buzz in on any of these is so embarrassing yeah like you can't even have a guess no come not, on. not getting the option play is just <laughs> mind-blowing but anyway all right for at one thousand dollars this one was a video clue so the guest uh clue giver said as minneapolis's u.s bank prepares to host super bowl 52 i'm looking at the ring of honor with names from this defensive line that took the vikings to four super bowls who are the purple people eaters that is correct and trebek he read the answer as purple people eaters and then goes if you had buzzed in and gotten this one i would die (laughs) which is sad now but it was it was a great joke at the time what a legend he he deserves to go in the minnesota ring of honor he should yes he he's the man r.i.p trebek all right we moving on to a little more nfl talk love it or fade it now Yeah, let's do it. But before we get to the love it or fade it picks for the week, I want to mention a little tweak to the NFL schedule this week in week 10. They're doing four games at one o'clock and then six in the four o'clock slate. Are they really? I had not seen that. Yeah, they usually do like eight early and four late or like nine and three, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have more later games. Everyone hates when you do all of them at one o'clock and then you're left with like three doo-doo games to watch at 425. What's the reasoning? Is it Masters related at all? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but that makes a ton of sense. It yeah. might be Masters related. It's got to be because it's on CBS, correct? 
I don't know. Masters. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's going to be weird, though. I'm so used to watching the the old Octobox at Red Zone at 1 o'clock and seeing eight games going on <laughs> at the same time and freaking out. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a lot of kind of delayed the response especially in terms of fantasy not not knowing what's going on until later in the day yeah the good old uh, scott hansen octo box you gotta love that but yeah it'll be fun kind of watching the masters wrap up hopefully we're in contention in our big masters pool and then right after the tournament finishes you've got six games on at 4 30 yeah it's dope i'm definitely going to be having a tv and a computer going with masters on one and nfl on the other it's going to be a big sports weekend can't wait can't wait. Well, let's move on to Love It or Fade It. This is our NFL betting segment. Follow us on Instagram, shoot.your.shot.sports to participate in the competition. Love It or Fade It is brought to you by the Vigit app. If you don't know what that is, it's a sports betting social network where you can bet coins to win real prizes, including Amazon gift cards. It's really cool. You can also bet against your friends. So check it out. It's the Vigit app. That's V-I-G-I-T. Download it now. Use promo code SYS20. All right, Landa, you ready for game number one? Yeah, real quick. Vigit, I'm up big right now. Some people are going to hate this, but I was 100% sure that the dogs were going to lose both the Bama and Florida games this year. So I went all in on Vigit and doubled up. Oh, did you? Got a ton of coins. Yeah. I was just like, there's no chance we win any of these games. So I'm up uh, big. Yeah. I was more optimistic against Florida. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that you got your dough. You're going to yeah. redeem it? I will. I'm going to use it for Christmas presents. Can't wait. There you go. That's huge. All right. So love it or fade it. Game number one. We've got the San Francisco 49ers at Saints. Uh, the Saints are minus nine, and the public is 74% on the Saints to win it at home. Lando, love it or fade it? Well, I definitely think, especially with this big of a spread, with a nine or nine and a half point spread, depending on where you look, there's got to be some recency bias going on. I think the public has it still fresh in their minds, that dominant performance by the Saints over the Bucks last weekend. But everyone knows that the Niners are super, super banged up right now. And I just think that with how good a form the Saints are in, I've got to go with them, even though I'm very tempted to fade this one. I'm going to love it. Saints minus nine. Okay, yeah, I was on the fence here. The 49ers, their whole team's just hurt. Jimmy Guop's out. They've got Garoppolo potentially out for the season. I think Raheem Mostert might have been able to come back this week, but they just ruled him out for at least one more week. So they're banged up. The Saints are a vastly superior team, but I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards the emotional letdown here. I mean, the Saints just came out with a huge win over the Bucks to take first place in the NFC South. I think they're going to win the game, but I don't have them covering nine. I've got Saints winning by seven, so I am going to fade this one. All right, let's move on to the second one. Game number two, and this one strikes me as crazy. We'll get to it in a second, but it's Ravens minus seven at Patriots. 73% of the public is on the Ravens. And before I ask you, I just want to say how crazy it is or how weird it feels for the Patriots to be a seven-point underdog at home and 73% of the public still picking against them. Yeah, that's that's strange. I'm old enough to remember where the Patriots did not lose a game at Gillette Stadium, Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah, yeah, 20 years, the last 20 years, they've been incredible. Yeah, they just don't lose. They had some crazy record against AFC teams. I don't know what it is. I need to dig that up. But anyway, Ravens minus seven at Pats. Love it or fade it. So the Ravens have been struggling this year, especially recently on offense. And Lamar Jackson has not looked great. He has not been very effective throwing the ball. And when he does throw the ball, it's seemingly only going to tight ends and running backs. The receivers still are not very involved. I know that the Patriots are not a great team and the Ravens are still the more talented team by far. But with the Patriots being at home, I think they're going to cover the spread. I'm going with the Ravens to win the game on the leg of Justin Tucker, but I'm taking the Patriots to cover fading this one. 
on the leg of Justin Tucker. I hey, absolutely love that. He's the goat, man. Is the he not star the star of the show? Kicker? He is a monster, dude. <laughs> he absolutely is. I mean, he's the best kicker in NFL history. I just love you saying on the leg of Justin Tucker. Hey, he will him. be the key to the game. He's the star of the show. <laughs> well, there was a story that came out from Baltimore today that I feel like I at least have to mention. Did you see that Lamar Jackson was in an interview after the game on Sunday and said that a bunch of defenses are just kind of calling out their plays at the line? Not ideal. That's not ideal at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. I don't know if there's some miscommunication with Lamar, kind of audibling out of certain plays at the line of scrimmage. But if the defense knows what you're running and is recognizing your formations and knows what you're going to do, that's a problem. It's like playing against the Astros all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Either way. Well, anyway, I, I just think that the Ravens are so much better minus seven at Pats. I, I'm going to love this one. I just don't think that the Pats can score too many points on that defense. So I'm going with the Ravens in this one. And I also saw today that I want to mention that the Ravens have the number one easiest schedule in the NFL for the rest of the season, which I find pretty surprising considering the fact that they, you know, won, were in first place last year and have a first place schedule. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, the Ravens, they're on their way to what? going 12 and 4, 13 and 3. They're going to be back in the playoffs, back in the hunt potentially for the one seed if they can beat the Steelers in the next one. So, yeah. We're going to learn if Lamar is going to be able to throw the ball outside the numbers and beat some good teams in the playoffs. I was about to say that nothing that we didn't expect. We all knew the, the Ravens were going to be a playoff team this year. It's just what they do when they get there. Exactly. All right, so you're fading it. I'm loving it. Ravens minus seven at Pats. Let's move on to game number three. We've got Browns minus three. Uh, versus the Texans at home in Cleveland. 66% of the public is on the Cleveland Browns. Lando, who you got? Well, you got, first of all, the Browns are at home, like you just said. They're also getting a boost this week on offense with the return of Nick Chubb. Which is, dogs. Yeah, which is very well talked about. The one that's not talked about as much is the return of Austin Hooper, which I know doesn't sound initially like a huge deal, but with, their, with them missing OBJ, having another pass catcher who's reliable is a huge deal for them. For that reason, I'm going with the Browns to cover this one. Loving it, minus three. Okay, I like the pick. I, it's funny because one time PFT from Barstool referred to uh, Austin Hooper and said his name literally translates to Kevin Durant. So I can't <laughs> hear Austin Hooper without thinking of KD. But anyway, that's <laughs> completely irrelevant. I am going to fade this one, even though the Browns have Nick Chubb returning against you know a porous Texans run defense. They're going to be able to put up some points against them. I just like the Texans to cover at home. I think that they got a little bit of a boost from firing GM slash head coach slash whatever. Whatever the heck else he was, Bill O'Brien, the offenses started playing better. Deshaun looks a lot better. He started to build some chemistry with Brandon Cooks as his wide receiver one with DeAndre Hopkins gone. So I don't know. I, I think the Texans pulled this one out at home. We're disagreeing on all three. I love it. <laughs> I fade it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, fair enough. There you go. All right, well, before we move on from NFL, I think that we have a few more games that we want to talk about real quick from the week, starting with tomorrow night, Thursday night football, Indianapolis Colts at Tennessee Titans for first place in the AFC South. What do you think here? I think I'm most excited just because we've had a few consecutive complete duds on Thursday night that have just been totally unexciting unless you're very invested fantasy wise i think we had the jets and whoever last week it was just not great i'm really excited for this i'm going to be rooting for the colts just because you hate noodle arm phil so much that i feel like i feel the need to root for him but i like both of these teams it's a really good game there's just some really fun players to watch one guy who still is not a household name even though i think he is one of the best players in the nfl these days is darius leonard middle linebacker for the colts that guy is everywhere rushing the passer 
sideline to sideline, also great in coverage, just a super fun player to watch. Going to be keeping my eye on him. Okay, I like it. Darius Leonard, he is a great player on the defensive side for the Colts. Yeah, you mentioned the Thursday night schedule. I think the NFL knows that we're going to watch Thursday night games regardless just because there's not really anything else on. So usually the schedule is just hot garbage. So to get this kind of game between a 5-3 and three team and a 6-2 and two team for first place in the division is pretty exciting. And an added element to it is I think before the season, the Texans were the favorite, like a slight favorite to win this division. We were both out on them. You like the Colts to win it. I like the Titans to win it. So let's see who's going to be right. This is an instrumental game to who's going to win the AFC South. It's a big one. Looking forward to it. Yep. I've got I've got Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, my guy, pulling this one out at home and, you know, taking this division. Nice. Yeah, I've got Jonathan Taylor on the fantasy squad, but he's completely unstartable at this point because he gets six carries a game. And so I'm fading him. He's a bum. Right. Yeah. He, he's had some fumble issues, which definitely doesn't help. I know coaches like to make an example, especially out of young or even rookie running backs, if they fumble the ball and getting, getting sent to the bench. But anyway, enough for that game. Let's talk about another one. Seahawks at Rams for, I think, a share of first place, along with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West. This one's got all the makings of a shootout. I mean, the Seahawks can score 40 points on anybody, but they also can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, you could see four or five touchdown passes each from Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, and Jared Goff in this game. So what do you think here? Yeah, this one's going to be really, really fun to watch. Like you said, anyone kind of goes off against the Seahawks defense. So I expect the Rams to put up some points, but I just love watching the Seahawks offense so much. I am completely enamored with DK Metcalf. That guy, I was looking at his combine stats the other day, and it is unbelievable that guy is a complete freak he weighed i think 230 pounds at whatever he was 63 and had some absurd number of bench reps of 225 i think he had over a 40 inch vertical and ran a 4-3 like what a freak that guy is not to mention he's good at football so i can't wait to watch this expecting a high scoring really fun game me too. And you mentioned DK Metcalf. Somebody referred to him last week. I can't remember exactly who it was, but they called him the modern day Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I mean, you look at his physique, his kind of attributes, like what he did at the combine and his stats, and it's hard to dispute. I mean, the guy's been an absolute monster. It's hard to believe that two years ago in the draft, he fell to the 64th overall pick to the Seahawks. I mean, what an absolute steal that was. And it's, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, he might get some general managers fired in hindsight Mm -hmm. over these last or these next two years. Well, it's kind of fun too to see their offense with him on one side and then their number two receiver on the other side being Tyler Lockett, who is a guy who's in a way the opposite. He's a very completely unimposing guy physically. He's in a way an overachiever, but he just keeps on putting up numbers. They seem to kind of switch off having monster games, even though I think recently DK Metcalf has been having most of the monster games, but that's just a really tough squad to stop, especially if Chris, Chris Carson comes back this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just all kinds of firepower on that Seahawks offense led by Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson. So keep an eye on them. They were my Super Bowl pick before the year. So the offense is getting it done, but the defense is not. And then one more quick note on this game before we move on. I just wanted to say I was watching the Seahawks this past week and Andrew Siciliano, who is like the Scott Hansen of the red zone for DirecTV, okay. which is what I have. Yep. He, uh, he saw DK Metcalf make a big play and he goes, and this is one of the things that announcers say every week. They have to say it. They just can't help it. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were on the same college game yes. team. Can you imagine trying to stop them? <laughs> and he goes, well, I guess a lot of defenses did, but you get it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone kind of has that same thought. Like yeah. they were together on an incredibly average Ole Miss offense. But anyway, I just thought that was a kind of a funny comment. It is funny looking back on that. Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, I think they had a, one other good receiver too. Van Jefferson, maybe? 
Kirby for a year before he went and transferred. Yeah, right. That's insane. Yeah. And Evan Ingram. Oh my gosh. Who has actually been putting up numbers recently. He's had a really good last couple of weeks. He looks good. Yeah. Wow. There were rumors that they were kind of trying to give him a bunch of targets and prop him up for his trade value before the deadline. But So it's funny you mentioned that because Hugh Freeze has been in the news recently because he's doing really well at Liberty and people are talking about giving him another Power 5 job. Is that when Hugh Freeze was there and just paying everybody to come to the school? I think so. Because, I mean, be. Laramie Tunsil was then too and he very clearly got paid. I Robert, mean, he admitted Robert that. Yeah. Yeah, all, all of them. <laughs> I mean, it, Ole Miss is just never going to recruit well. So when they start getting these five stars, especially from out of state, it's like, you paid them. We know you paid them. Just go check Hugh Freeze's Venmo, and it's like, it's right there. Yeah, he is probably going to get eventually another Power 5 job, but I was reading an article today about some of the things that he got in trouble for that I had forgotten, and it's it's not good. Let's talk about it. Okay. (laughs) We we talking about Hugh Freeze? Yeah, we're talking about Hugh Freeze. Yeah, well, first of all, he paid people a lot of money, which is not good. But secondly, he had made many, many calls to escort services in order to have his players taken care of, I guess, which is just, it's not going to fly. God, that's just so bad. (laughs) It's funny because the one thing that I think of, I I know how many bad things he's done. The one thing I think of when I hear that name is the press conference when he got called out for something. I I can't remember if it had something to do with escort services or cheating and recruiting or whatever, but his response to the reporter that asked him the question was, well, Jesus got nailed to the cross, didn't he? It's like, everyone was like, you freeze. Did you just compare yourself to Jesus? Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Not not good, Hugh. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is just an absolute movie. So he he's going to get another job one day. But yeah, he he's put his foot in his mouth several times, and is just kind of a movie. All right, let's talk about that third NFL game. The other big one that we wanted to talk about was the Buffalo Bills against the Arizona Cardinals. What you got there? Yeah, I love this game. It's a it's a battle between two young, kind of up and coming quarterbacks trying to take that next step in their careers. And Kyler Murray for the Cardinals and Josh Allen for the Bills got them as two of my fantasy quarterbacks in two different leagues. So I'm I'm big on both of these dudes. And this one could be a little bit of a shootout. Who do you think takes it? I'm going with the Bills partially because Josh Allen's my guy and I I believe in him. I think he's really, really good. But I was pretty shocked to read earlier today that Kyler Murray right now has the most fantasy points in NFL history through the first eight weeks of a season. Really? Yes. Wow. Crazy. I'm disappointed that you just said that because I was going to give you a pretty extensive trivia question revolving around fantasy football and you just answered part one. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Read the question. What you have written down? Well, it's not really written down, but it's a lineup. Okay. So we're about halfway through the football season. I mean, we're through nine weeks and I think most teams have already had their buys. So we're mm-hmm. basically eight games into a 16 game season. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the fantasy football season, what is the optimal lineup in Ooh. terms of highest score? This is hard, but I like this question. So quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and a defense. And I will also caveat this by saying um, a minimum of seven games played. So guys like Christian McCaffrey in terms of average would be in there, but throw him out. Okay. Has Devontae Adams played seven games or no? Yeah. Okay, we got that. Okay, so it's got to be Kyler Murray's quarterback. Correct, which you just cited considering he has the most fantasy points ever. There you go. So Devontae Adams has to be one of the receivers. I would say Dalvin Cook has to be one of the running backs. Correct. Alvin Kamara, the other running back? Bang. Mm. Travis Kelsey has to be the tight end. Yes, sir. So you've got left one receiver, a flex, and a defense. One receiver, a flex, and a defense. Mm. 
defense is tough just because it seems like kind of a crapshoot. Even teams that don't have good defenses sometimes score touchdowns. Second receiver, is it DK Metcalf? It is. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and the discrepancy between running back one and two and wide receiver one and two, Dalvin Cook, in terms of half PPR, is at 27.6 points a game. Alvin Kamara in second place is five points behind him. Wow. And then there's that same spread. uh, Devontae Adams at 23.7 a game. DK Metcalf at 18.3. That's absurd. Okay, so I got a flex in a defense? Yep. Wow, you might go, what is this, nine for nine? Eight for eight? No, because this is where it gets hard. That's a lot of pressure. Okay. The flex. Can I get a hint? Is it a running back or receiver? Running back. Derrick Henry? Yep. Okay. 18.2. Nice. And so that was kind of my caveat. It would have been Aaron Jones, but he's only played seven games. Okay. Cool. And then defense. Man. Pressure's on. You about to complete the sweep? There's no way. This Man, is if, so you, tough. if you go five for five on the Jeopardy questions and then eight for eight on fantasy football, we, we might just need to shut you down. This is kind of an absurd guess, I feel like, but I know they've done pretty well with the Colts. So I think that they're number two. Okay. The Ravens are number one okay. at 12.1 points per game. That's really good for a defense. That's pretty good. I, I actually think I have this list up right now. So let me check it. Yeah, the Colts are number two at 11.4 points per game. Okay. Yeah, pretty the close. Top, top five is Ravens, Colts, Steelers, Dolphins, Bucks. Dolphins are kind of surprising. Dolphins are surprising. But that's the weird thing about defenses is that you can give up a lot of points and not be a great defense, but then be opportunistic and occasionally sneak a few touchdowns in there and you got a good team. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that the fantasy experts tell you not to take defense and kicker to the last two rounds because it's just so volatile. Yeah. But some schmuck always does it and I laugh at them every time and I love it. Yeah. Well, that was pretty good. You you took, I think, like eight, nine, ten years off from fantasy football, dove back in this year for the guillotine league, and clearly you're pretty plugged into what's going on. We have both survived the guillotine. We haven't mentioned that yet. So we are now down. It is week 10. We're now down to eight teams left, correct? Uh, yeah, so we've not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have eight teams left in the guillotine. The teams are getting really good, which is why it's pretty fun. So you look around. The teams, when we had 17 teams, were pretty bad. Now the teams are pretty solid. I think all the projections are at least 110 points or more this week for every single person's team. So it's going to be a battle. We'll keep you updated. Yep. I'm, I'm nervous about my team this week. I think I'm in the bottom two in terms of projections, and I'm putting all my eggs in one basket on Jared Goff, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. So Yeah, that's, that's tough, but it could also reward you hugely, so we'll see what happens. It could. Stay tuned. All right, well, that's all we got for NFL and fantasy football. Let's move on to our last topic of the day, and that is the Masters. All right, let's get it. Yeah, the Masters starts this Thursday. It feels so weird. It's freaking mid-November, and we're about to have the Azaleas and Jim Nance and the Masters and all the things that come along with that, along with big betting pools. So what do you think? Who, who are you taking? Who are your sleepers? Well, first of all, even weirder than it being November, I just think it's weird having it on the same weekend as football. Like, that's the strange part, right, is that we're going to have a full slate of NFL games on Sunday with the Masters also going on. That's that's the weirder part to me than the, than the month itself, but really... I'll give you, first of all, someone I'm really watching and then then my pick for the winner. So first of all, I feel like Bryson DeChambeau is just must-watch TV right now, is he not? Like, if there's ever been must-watch golf other than Tiger Woods, I think it's the current version of Bryson DeChambeau. Do you agree? I do, and even more so than that, we've we've kind of talked about the rivalry that had brewed between Bryson and Brooks Kepka. 
And if they somehow were in the final group together or like the final two or three groups together on Sunday, I think that would be just incredible television. Yeah, I am with you. It's just whenever someone does something to kind of change the game or change the sport, this is kind of how Lamar Jackson was last year in the NFL. He was just doing something different that people hadn't seen before. This crazy running quarterback with this weird offense, he just like took the NFL by storm. I feel like that's what Bryson's doing right now. And I'm just really curious to see how it translates to Augusta National. So it's interesting to me how he just is bombs away full go with the driver all the time. And in the US Open, for example, the reason people don't do what he does is because naturally you're going to miss more fairways, end up in the rough, and that penalizes you. But at winged foot, which was supposed to be especially heavily penalizing people who miss the fairways, he still did it and dominated the field. So What's he going to do to Augusta National? It's just like he is playing a different course than every other player because of his distance, and it's just crazy to watch. It is, and I mean, they said the course is going to play long and fast, so in terms of it being long, it's going to play to his advantage with him just trying to bomb him 400 down the middle of the fairway, but I think it's going to be a tough week out there, and it's not going to be you know somebody 20 under winning the tournament, but I'm really looking forward to it and seeing if Bryson can come out there hot and, and play really well as the favorite. He's the, the Vegas favorite at plus 750. Yeah, it's pretty good. So my pick to win the tournament is not going to surprise you because you and I were talking last night because we went in on a pool together, but I'm picking my guy Xander Shoffley. First of all, he's been playing really well recently. He's finished in the top 25 of his last 11 consecutive tournaments, which is pretty darn good. He also just seems to always be towards the top of the leaderboard in majors. He, I think it's four out of the last six. He's finished like really high and he finished as the runner-up he was second place last year at the masters so he clearly knows his way around augusta national this guy is going to win one soon i'm picking it to be this one xander shoffley's my guy I like Shoffley. He feels like a guy that's just got so much skill. He's going to win a major at some point. That's inevitable. So why not now? I like it. Yeah. And 2020 so far has been the year of first time winners. Bryson DeChambeau and Colin Morikawa both won their first majors this year. So why not a third? There you go. So Shoffley, he's sitting there sixth best odds at plus 1400 if you're a betting person. Well, I'm going to go with the guy right behind him. Seventh best odds, Brooks Kepka. Plus 2000. All right. So Brooks Kepka is the type of guy, he started dominating the tour a couple years ago, right? When like three out of four majors was going for the sweep. And then he fell off a little bit. Like we've seen, we've seen several guys kind of get anointed as that next Tiger Woods and then completely fall off. Who do we have? We had Jordan Spieth did it. Rory Rory McIlroy McIlroy did it before him. Wasn't there one more? David Duvall. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe I'm just thinking of Brooks. Anyway, I feel like Brooks maybe got a little bit complacent. He kind of changed his body a little bit or whatever, lost some muscle mass. And I think that Bryson kind of emerging being his rival will light a fire under him a little bit. I I think that he's going to kind of refocus and relock back in and claim his crown as the number one player in the world. Okay, I'm going with more of the stats. You're going with the plot line, but I like it. Yeah, I'm a huge storyline guy and huge overreaction guy, all, all in the same. Yeah, well, those go together. It's perfect. Let's do it. Well, I made the mistake of saying that that was our last topic of the day, but I actually want to talk about a little NBA. Let's do it. Let's do it. We are one week away from the NBA draft, which again, just feels so weird. My my year and my timing is all thrown off, but one week away from the draft and we've had some rumors floating around after the departures of Daryl Morey, the general manager and head coach Mike D'Antoni for the Houston Rockets, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have expressed concern over the future and direction of the franchise. Um, you know, trade demands might be on the horizon. What do you think about that? And if either of those guys got traded, where would you want to see them go? That's really tricky. Let's start with James Harden. So the weird thing to me about him 
as far as trade rumors are, he's not really to me a guy that you fit into another team, right? He is exactly what the Rockets did. He is the guy that you get first and then you kind of build the team around him to fit his strengths. You kind of give him the ball, you get out of the way, you surround him with a bunch of three and D guys and maybe one guy who can run to the rim and catch lobs when he drives down the lane. Like that's what you do. All the teams that I've seen potentially trade for him, like the, the where the rumors are swirling around, are not teams that I see him fitting with. The first two that I saw that come to mind are one, the Denver Nuggets, which I just don't like that. I don't like him getting in the way of this Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic deal with a lot of good role players around them, especially because they would have to give up Michael Porter Jr. and any kind of deal like that. And I think he's too promising of a young player to give up. And then the other one was the Boston Celtics. And I just like what they're doing too much right now. They also have a really good young core, and I don't think they should ruin that just to fit James Harden in there. That's interesting you saw those two because the kind of front runner that I saw was a totally different team. But before we get there, you mentioned Michael Porter Jr. And I just have to say real quick, he's he's dating your girl. I sent you that, right? You did send me that. <laughs> is that a, is that official? I think so. Do we so. know that? Is that like out in the public? I think it's like been on Instagram. There are multiple pictures of them together. And oh, her really? sister like posted about it. By the way, we're talking about Maddie Pruitt from The Bachelorette. Yeah, she is an absolute angel. Yeah, I slid in her DMs on multiple occasions on your behalf. I never <laughs> told you, you that. really? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> no hey. Way. Yeah, I was like, hey, you should date my brother. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I actually, She didn't respond and now she's dating Michael Porter. So big <laughs> L for both of us. <laughs> Happy National Singles Day. That's tough. Yeah, I would. I love National Singles Day. It's my first time celebrating, but I would gladly give up National Singles Day for Matt for Maddie Pruitt. Yeah. Even though she's an Auburner, she, yeah, just yeah. right up your alley. Maybe someday. I, mean, I can make an exception in her case. Yeah. MPJ, he might blow it. We'll see. Yeah. He's 6'10 and rich. So <laughs> yeah, St- stiff competition, he's but got hey, advantages. Yeah. Aim, aim for the moon. Oh, we'll get there anyway. Tough. Okay. Back to James Harden and where I would like to see him get traded where I've seen most often. And that I personally like is the Philadelphia 76ers. That's where GM Daryl Morey went, and he kind of built that team around James Harden. That's his guy. He loves him. So that trade, putting him at point guard for the Sixers, would obviously make Ben Simmons expendable. He would probably be the collateral in that trade going back to the Rockets. And I kind of like that because Joel Embiid, you know, big guy, 7'3", down in the middle, he needs somebody to space the floor. Ben Simmons is not that guy because he can't shoot. Who's a better floor spacer than James Harden who can bomb threes from 38 feet? I mean, I just, I don't know that's, it's the ideal fit, but I think it's a good fit. I, I would like to see Harden and Embiid together, especially with head coach Doc Rivers there. I think that could be a good squat. Yeah, I don't mind that fit at all. I think the the one-two punch of James Harden and Joel Embiid is really, really good. I think the Sixers kind of screwed themselves contract-wise and salary cap-wise for the next few years, signing Al Horford to a $100 million deal and Tobias Harris to like whatever it was, a $110, $120 million deal. Like that just kind of kills you because those guys are not worth that. But that as a foundation, those two guys, I do like that. <laughs> you Right. And it really exacerbated the Sixers um, or highlighted the Sixers salary cap issues during the NBA finals. People are like, the Sixers really chose Tobias Harris and Al Horford overpaying Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like, goodness what, gracious. What did you do so there? bad. Yeah, that's a lot of really bad money. And it's and it's not just going to go away in the near future. They're locked down for the next, whatever, three or four years. Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, their owner, I mean, presumably if he went out and got Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, he wants to win, but their owner is going to need to be willing to go into the luxury tax if he wants to, you know, really put together a contender with James Harden, given the contracts that Tobias Harris and Al Horford are under. But anyway, my personal opinion is that 
I like Harden to the Sixers just because I think it makes a sense for a lot of reasons. I'm kind of going in the opposite direction with Russell Westbrook. The team that I want him to get traded to is one that I think makes zero sense for okay. a ton of reasons. Okay, I want to hear it. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that is a nightmare, but I want to hear about it. Tell me more. I mean, it, it like like I said, it makes zero sense for a lot of reasons one is because a reunion with kevin durant i mean that's his arch nemesis <laughs> they clearly hate each other so much that just would not go over well i just already see so much turmoil in that locker room with the impossible to please kyrie irving like they already have a diva point guard so bringing in another one makes no sense so on top of those reasons in terms of fit with kyrie and reuniting with kd makes no sense they also as steve nash's uh, assistant coach just hired Mike D'Antoni. So Mike yes. D'Antoni probably hated having him on the Rockets. Like this guy's kind of my nightmare. Um, so him following Mike D'Antoni to Brooklyn to play with Katie and Kyrie, I just think is an absolutely, uh, absolutely hilarious proposal. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any clue what they would give up in that trade. I just think that it makes such little sense that I need to see it happen. Yeah, that that would be a complete train wreck. And then schematically right now, as it stands, obviously they'd probably have to give away some of these guys if they were to get Russell Westbrook, but their four best players are all guys who need the ball. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are obviously their top two and they're not going to go anywhere, but they've also got Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie who are solid players. They're, they're not really like big stars or anything, but they're really good role players, but both of those guys desperately need the ball. So you throw in a guy who's the biggest ball hog in the NBA and Russell Westbrook. That's, that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. It would just be so funny. Can you imagine Kevin Durant getting told that they just traded for Russell Westbrook? <laughs> like, please oh. just kill me. Yeah. He would have an instant aneurysm. He'd be, he'd be out of there yeah <laughs> anyway oh, Westbrook to the Nets is absolutely not happening keep an eye on Harden to the 76ers or the Celtics who knows we'll see but uh in terms of rumors trade rumors that are actually going on right now I saw that the Phoenix Suns have engaged in trade talks with the Oklahoma City Thunder for Chris Paul what do you think about that yeah I actually love that I, I initially didn't like it because I was thinking to myself you're gonna you might laugh at this but I was being serious I was thinking to myself well don't the Suns have bigger needs than point guard because Ricky Rubio actually had a good year last year he had he was averaging 13 points nine assists and five rebounds a game and his per was well above a, an average player like that's a pretty darn good season i think he shot 36 percent from three which is also serviceable like that's not bad so i was wondering if they would get another kind of wing guy or another score i don't know but the more i thought about it like that's really good first of all because the nets or sorry the suns i should say are very very talented team but they don't have much experience they don't have a leader they have no playoff experience so chris paul would fit in perfectly there at point guard they have kind of an emerging big three-ish type of thing that was already going on last year devin booker's obviously a star in the making deandre ayton's a good player and then michael bridges didn't get a lot of talk but people in kind of the analytics community and deeper nba fans were really getting into him last year as a potential like even upcoming season a defensive player of the year candidate he's going to be first team all defense and he's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate in your, in your future. And he can make threes. Like that's a really, really good foundation for a team. So a lot of people really liked Michael Bridges coming out of the draft. He was at Villanova, kind of one of the leaders of that national championship team that was incredible a few years ago. And the only knock on him I remember in the draft is that he was just 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of guys come out at 18, 19 now, and you just think that they have a higher ceiling because they haven't fully developed yet. But Michael Bridges is a really good player. What I wonder about him is, I mean, they've got to trade something for Chris Paul. I mean, yeah. would he 
not go back to the Thunder in that. So that's something to keep an eye on. It could be him. It could be a draft pick or a package of the two. But what I think is interesting about this trade is that it's a trade you make when you feel like you're a contender and you want like a solid veteran, solid player to put you over the top. Like the Suns, their GM and their owner, they're not thinking of themselves as a team that went under 500 last year. They're thinking of themselves as the eight no bubble Suns that are ready to put a ring on it. Which I love because I think they're closer to that than a, than a lottery team again, right? So they didn't have a good year overall last year when you look back at their record, but they were injured a lot of the year. They had DeAndre Ayton miss a lot of games. I think Michael Bridges missed a few games, um, but they just weren't a full, complete team a lot of the year last year. And so I think 8-0 bubble is a little bit more indicative of their sub-500 team they had prior to the bubble. I think they are very much a playoff contender, not necessarily a championship contender, but a team that could make a run and, and comp- compete this year. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I hope they go for it. The West is going to be just incredibly competitive, especially with the Warriors coming back in full strength with the Splash Bros. But, I mean, go for the Suns. Went 8-0 in the bubble. Devin Booker, you know, started dating Kendall Jenner. Now they're going after Chris Paul. Don't let the Suns get hot. For real. So I was looking up Michael Bridges while we were talking about him, and he has a phenomenal list of basketball reference nicknames. Really? He's got five of them. Noodles. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> Inspector Go-Go Gadget. String Bean. Brittle praying mantis. I like praying mantis. Yeah, I like praying mantis for any guy who's like really tall and skinny and lanky like him, kind of yeah. built like Tayshawn Prince. Yeah, but just that's a, such a cool variety. You got comedy, you have proper description of how he plays, and you have like otherworldly heroes coming on in there with, with Inspector Gadget. Like that's kind of sick. Yeah, I've never heard of any of them. I wonder where they come from. I don't know. Well, good for him. That That's a lot for a player of his caliber. I wouldn't expect him to have five different nicknames, but basketball reference, just an absolute gold mine. All right, well, the last NBA topic that I want to talk about with you is, like, like I said, we're a week away from the NBA draft. The Golden State Warriors have the number two overall pick. There's been a lot of speculation, given where they are as a franchise, you know, it's time to go all in, try to win another ring in the post-KD era. There's been a lot of speculation about them trading that number two pick for a star. What do you think? You think they trade it? You think they take the pick i was thinking about it i think if i were them if i could get somebody out of it i think i'd rather trade it right so the top tier of the draft unless anything has changed you tell me because you're into mock drafts more than i am but the top tier of the draft is pretty clearly last i saw Lamelo ball james wiseman anthony edwards right that's right okay so if you're those if you're the warriors you got number two i think the one that people have most often picked to go to the warriors would be james wiseman who is a big guy out of memphis he only played three games last year i just feel like none of those three guys are really going to be kind of championship contending players like guys that are going to contribute to a championship winning team in their first season i think they're all three going to be somewhat of a project and the warriors are not prepared for that the Warriors all three of their best players namely Steph Curry Clay Thompson Draymond Green are all 30 or over now they're in win now mode so I think that kind of trading that pick maybe along with Andrew Wiggins possibly to get a really good player is probably their best bet because winning now is going to be their number one priority Agreed. And like, I don't think that someone like Anthony Edwards makes sense right now because he would be kind of like a third scorer, fourth scorer type, play a little bit of defense, but that's just what they can use Andrew Wiggins for. So in terms of winning now, I don't think that that makes sense. LaMelo Ball, I mean, they just don't need a developmental point guard. And then James Wiseman, I think that he's the most intriguing option of the three. 
But given the fact that Draymond Green can guard centers and he'll play the five and like that notorious death lineup that they put in at the end of the games when they're playing small ball and just, you know, going for the kill on these teams, I just don't think that James Wiseman would get any crunch time minutes. So I don't think it makes sense. So I think that they'll trade the pick if they can get something decent for it. The most intriguing in my mind, a realistic move that I've heard is maybe sending it to the Wizards for Bradley Beal. Mm. I, I don't I don't know if the Wizards will do that. I, I don't know why not. Like at some point they need to stop wasting him. W- what are they doing with him? I don't know. You talking about this is bringing back very bad old memories. I, I just realized as you were speaking that I need to start emotionally and mentally preparing myself for the Warriors to be good again. I hate the Warriors, and I I do not want them to be in contention again, and I just got to get ready for that. That that sucks. I hate them too, but not quite as much, especially now that KD's gone, because I, I, yeah. I like the Splash Bros. Yeah. I like Steph, and I like Clay. Clay's impossible not to like. The guy just strokes threes. I still hate Draymond, but mm-hmm. anyway, they, they get a lot less hateable without KD. Yeah, I'm with you. But I look forward to that Warriors-Lakers rivalry. I mean, that's going to be sick. It's not going to be Lakers-Suns? <laughs> I mean, it might be all of them. The West is going to be stacked. Yeah, they need to expand the playoff seating in the West and they need to get rid of a couple of playoff teams in the East. They need they need like 10 teams in the West to be in there. Yeah, it's just going to be nuts. I mean, there's probably no better time to do the whole like throw away the conference seating thing than now, but they're not going to do it. Yeah, well, things to keep an eye on the NBA, trade rumors, NBA draft coming up. You got anything else? Well, since we mentioned LaMelo Ball, who is about to be a top five pick in the draft, how weird is it that LeVar Ball has not reared his ugly head at all? He's just been completely quiet. Do you think he got humbled a little bit by the fact that like Lonzo turned out to kind of suck and got traded to New Orleans and then the Lakers promptly won a title without him? I feel like he hasn't been that quiet. He hasn't? I feel like he's still out there talking. You've seen stuff from LeVar Ball recently? Yeah, like last week. What? He, I think he said something about how he only wants LaMelo to play for the Cavs or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. He's been around. That guy never. That guy has not stopped talking since he was born. <laughs> I mean, okay, he said something about how he wants LaMelo to play for the Cavs. That's fine. But he used to be on like primetime ESPN every day just spewing crazy stuff about how he was going to sell big baller brand shoes for like $800 a pair and how Lonzo was going to win a bunch of MVPs and titles and just all of this crazy stuff. To be honest, I don't think he has stopped talking. I think he's still doing the exact same thing he's doing. Just the media realized that we were over it and so they don't cover it anymore. But I still think he's out there doing the exact same thing he's always done. Okay, that interesting. Guy's nuts. That guy's nuts. That guy thinks that Leangelo Ball, the middle son, who was like a slightly above average high school basketball player, could average 20 points a game in the NBA. He also thinks he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. So. so that was my next point. Like he used to be on national TV like several times a week saying things like, I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Yes, like, yes. So it, I'm, I'm glad whether it's he got humbled and shut up a little bit or people just decided to stop giving him the time of day, I'm glad that he's out of my life. Either way, it's a win for everybody. It is. All right. Well, I think that uh, we can wrap it up for the day on LeVar Ball. Deal. What a way to end it. Thank you guys for listening once again. Please don't forget to give us some ratings and reviews and follow us and subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back really soon. Have a good day.